0: and welcome to the Independent Theatre Podcast. I'm Zoe Bateman, ITC's General Manager. And in today's episode, I'm gonna be speaking to Amanda Huxtable, Beth Byrne, Debo Adebayo and Leo Wan about the anti-racism touring rider. So let's jump straight in. Amanda, would you start by introducing yourself and telling us a bit about how you got involved in the project and how the rider came about?
1: My name is Amanda Huxtable. I'm a black working class woman based in the north of England. I was former director of Eclipse Theatre and currently co-director of Vanitas Arts. I've been in the business of making theatre for over 30 years. So it was a very exciting opportunity to be part of the founders of the Anti-Racist Rider. Not only am I director, I'm producer and the creator of theatre. And so this particular piece of work was very important to me and was invited as part of a national network of touring. Kate McGraw and a number of touring theatre companies really kind of met on a regular basis to talk about the prospect of returning back after our pandemic of COVID, which we obviously are still in. That's when I got a great opportunity to meet Leanne Wilkinson, Richard Tymon and Rowan Rotter, all leading part of their organisations. And within that group, we were invited to consider a call for action from black artists led by Nick Makoha, Jenny Jackson, and Lola May. They'd written a manifesto called The New Normal, and it's a manifesto to create safe spaces free of racism for the black artist. It asks for all of us to consider the experience of the black artist. And some of us in the round the table obviously had more insight of that than others. And so what was a moment to really reflect and think about how we can return to our industries? We took an opportunity to really think about things that should have been done many years ago. We also reflected that, you know, a lot of us had been doing the work and that actually we're just trying to reach and get to people to get to a baseline, to a benchmark, to a place of basic need. So, The making of the anti-racist rider was something quite extraordinary. It was a a new collective of people that wanted to start from somewhere and then roll that out. And the ambition was to take the country. It wasn't a small ambition. It wasn't a case of we'll just write a little thing and hopefully people pick it up. It was an absolute ambition to ensure that everybody in the country was aware of it who worked within our industry. And we wanted to really in that have a boundary in terms of the experience of the artist, the actor going into the space and the audience. So we're well aware that there are a number of factors in terms of producing theatre and touring, but we focused on the experience of the artist, which obviously the crew is part of that, and the audience. To do that took focus and I was I'm you know we forever proud of that focus and energy and looking at the details of you know the writing of it. Each member of the founding members took a section, wrote what they could write, sent it to their teams, to their own internal teams, and then to their networks. And so for me, I'm based in Yorkshire, and so I was able to send the drafts to Leeds Playhouse, Whole Truck, you know, all the regional theatres in this space to investigate the need, not just the need, but the relationship with the paper. So we were really keen on that it was um, a baseline to developed from. It was not to be removed from or deleted, but added to. It meant that every time somebody received it, it would get better and stronger because it would be bespoke to that community and that particular organisation. And we want that conversation because we're all part of an ecology, an ecosystem that should be doing better than it is doing.
0: Thank you, Amanda. That's a really helpful introduction. Uh, It's really interesting to hear about the creation of the Rider and that it's still an evolving document. Um, If I move on to you, Beth, would you mind introducing yourself and telling us how Shoreditch Town Hall have been using the Rider with a touring company?
2: Yeah, thanks Zoe and and thanks uh, Amanda. For the purposes, because this is an audio podcast, I think it's worth stating that I'm I'm white. Um, and um, and I started as CEO of Shoreditch Town Hall last year, right in the middle of the, the pandemic. Um, and actually, I came from an organisation where I was aware that the effects of the pandemic has had a disproportionate effect on employees who have a global majority. And, and I was coming into an organisation and a borough particularly that was very likely to have experienced similar. So I was <laughs> acutely aware of wanting to work with our staff with our trustees and more widely with the the local and artistic community on on our role and responsibilities with regards to anti-racism and i do want to stress that we are all still at the beginning of that journey as well so forgive me if i misstep or misspeak or very much still learning but i would echo what amanda said about what what the rider was trying to do it did do for us and we were actually beginning to look at it and implement it and happily at the same time that new earth were coming to work with us but some of those steps we were already were already taking place but it really offered a practical tangible steps some big some small that we could take alongside and i really want to stress that it has to be alongside the work that we were doing in terms of education and learning it gave really clear examples for someone like me a person with white privilege to understand what you know an art, a black artist might feel or experience in the way of microaggressions and what part we can play to avoid or help them feel safer and more welcome within our walls so that was how and, and why we started to work with the with the rider and I can talk a bit more about the sort the practical steps we took in using it because we literally took the rider and, and we worked through it as a checklist and worked out what we could implement, uh, what were the quick wins, what was the longer term stuff that we knew it would take us longer to, to implement, but we had the ambition to. And also so that alongside the training that we were doing, all of our staff could become more comfortable with the language, with the ideas. It's a big thing to you know to call it an anti-racist rider and document. You know, in order to implement that. We as an organisation, as an industry, as individuals have to accept that, that racism is still absolutely intrinsically part of society at the moment. And, so, and that's, a big, that's a big thing. So I think part of what it enabled us to do was to look at the kind of the small practical steps alongside getting more comfortable with the subject as a whole and, and, uh, and our part to play in that. But yeah, sort of practical things that that we have definitely taken from it are putting together an artist pack, which is geared specifically towards catering to a wider representation um, of artists. We took staff photos and put them on our website and included in the pack so that we could, you know, offer really clear welcome and and who artists were going to come and meet and, and work with. We added more pastoral care within our artists. Welcome and audience as well, and took that you know much more seriously. One of the things I would like to say is I think there's still a lot of work for us to do, and, and particularly small organisations like us, in terms of what we can do to create forums and safe spaces for Black artists and staff members and trustees and everyone to talk amongst themselves and support each other. Because we're so small, I think we also um, we've got greater awareness in the marketing that we take on you know with that very recently we we had photographs that came through that it was clear that the lighting for the black actors had not been as carefully constructed as the the lighting for the white actors and and that was a you know i think probably we i might have just um not seen that as clearly without the the rider and also you know being unapologetic about taking affirmative action in terms of our recruitment policies as well Yeah, lots and lots of things, lots of practical steps and I found it really, really helpful and it came at exactly the right time for us to be able to, to have a receptive board and staff that were ready for it. Thank you so much Beth, Uh, it's really useful to hear about
0: how it can be used practically. And I really picked up on how open your organisation and yourself were to accepting that things need to be different and the willingness to be vulnerable in order to learn. I think a lot of ITC members will relate to that. Um, I also am glad that you noted how it can work with other policies and that it's so much bigger than the rider itself. So if I now move on to you, Debo, hi, uh, can you introduce yourself and tell us how Tamasha was involved in The Rider?
3: Sure. Um, And hi, hi Zoe. I'm Debo Adebayo. I'm the lead producer for Tamasha Theatre Company. Tamasha is a producing and touring company, so we're we're non-building based, and uh, that was that was the reason why we were part of the producing and touring network that was set up by fuel originally during the different discussions that were happening uh during those weekly meetings we had already thought about something like an anti-racism touring rider and kind of connecting to what amanda was saying in terms of the work had already been done or the work that was continuing to be done tamasha had been doing that work already as a as a company that like Eclipse and Talawa and, and New Earth that champions the work of global majority artists uh, kind of on, on the whole. And then we were part of a subgroup that volunteered to become part of a subgroup to kind of discuss the, feas- the feasibility of, of a rider, what that might be. At the, same, at the same time, shortly after one of our very early sub, subgroup meetings, I remember talking to uh, Michael Buffong at Talawa about it as well nick and and his colleagues uh presented to the group the the new normal which one of the key suggestions was uh, among some other fantastic su- suggestions including things like an independent body uh was uh was was a rider um and that really that really influenced the discussions which then continued to happen Uh, so yeah, so we so we were part of the the subgroup and a large part of the of the work was um the kind of the large bulk of the drafting and redrafting was done by Amanda, um uh Leanne, Rowan and and Richard. And we were part of that wide subgroup where we fed back uh on those drafts and were part of just kind of that part of the ongoing process of getting it from the first draft to it to, to the finished draft that, that you now see um we're also part of the committee um which was mentioned before so we so we meet uh, roughly i think once a month or once every once every couple of months to discuss reactions feedback from partners that that we've used the rider with ongoing amendments that kind of thing there's really really useful just to kind of to speak to the, to the wider committee about how we can continually improve it, um, how, can we, how we can make it more aware by doing things like this uh, and speaking at different conferences and that kind of thing. Uh, we've also used the rider ourselves. Um, we're a relatively small company, so we, we generally tour one or maybe two productions per year. Um, but in the, the the time in which we did use it, it wasn't an actual tour. It was just the co-production with the Bush and with Grey Eye. Um, and, you know, the, the interesting thing is that touring is embedded within the name of the rider, but it absolutely can be used when you're not touring. It's just that there might be some things that aren't relevant, um, but you know, I've I've also tried to use it with other venues who said, well, this is for touring. This isn't really relevant to us, which doesn't really work because if you read through it, you can kind of absolutely see that there's, you know, 95% of it would still be absolutely relevant. And so, yeah, we've used it um, and the Bush and Grey Eye, Grey Eye being one of the companies part of the, 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 the touring and producing network anyway, wholeheartedly embraced it. Um, yeah, and that's kind of that yeah, that. yeah, a quick summary of where 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 we're at with it and how we how we got involved with it. But um, yeah, we're constantly. I mean, I'm constantly thinking about the rider with productions. Um, it might be useful to say that when we did enter our co-production agreement with the Bush, uh, we embedded it within our co-production agreement. So we wanted it to have it on on in, in the contract that we would we would where we can use the rider um and, and embrace it uh, and that was part of our signed agreement which i thought was really important um it was even for us who were uh, a part of the process of um creating it you know it's it's it was a, it's a learning curve for us as well so by by no means is anyone currently an expert on how to use the rider i mean it's only a year or so old um and so there were times of which we're thinking, oh, when's the best place to, to do this? Is this quite relevant? Is, is this relevant? Have we left it too late, you know? Um, but, you know, it, it, essentially, I think it's really important saying that, you know, it is part of a, a wider collaborative part of learning between companies, company members and venues.
0: Thanks, Debo. Sounds like a really well thought out method for learning and I could see a lot of agreement when you were talking about how it's not just for touring and I felt that when I was reading it how adaptable it is for venues and non-touring companies as well. So, if we now move on to you, Leo, um, could you introduce yourself and talk a little bit about how the rider has affected your work as a performer and what your involvement has been as well?
4: Sure. So, my name's Leo Wan. I'm an actor, I'm also a trustee of Ink Arts and serve on the Race Equality Committee of Equity. And about a year ago. Leanne Wilkinson, who's the producer at New Earth, invited me to be on the review committee for this um, rider. So I had not been involved in the um, development of it, but have been involved in kind of reviewing it and seeing how it works. I've done a show which employed the rider, which again was with Leanne's company, New Earth. And I've recently just done a show which wasn't touring, but was outside of London. So a lot of people were traveling to a city they didn't live in and though it wasn't explicitly using the rider for, for me now that I've experienced it, kind of all of the various aspects of the rider play on my mind or, on a, or a consideration. I'd say, carrying on from what Deborah was just saying, not only is, is the rider not just for touring, or it's a toolkit that can be for any form of performance, whether it's touring or not. And even though, yes, it's explicitly an anti-racism touring rider, I also don't think that, The benefits that precipitate from employing the rider are not just anti-racist facing. I think actually with all anti-prejudice work, it ought to benefit absolutely everyone in the company because anti-racist work is various things, but it's also about primarily treating one another with care and respect. So that does benefit everyone who's, who's working in the company. I would say the key things for me when I, was a, when I was on a tour with it was that kind of forethought that was given to what your experience might be, in my case as an actor, travelling to places that you didn't know, travelling to a venue that you didn't know. That can make you feel uncomfortable. I mean, the of performance, even if it's what you've perhaps foolishly chosen to do as a career is anxiety inducing you are it and not only the actual performance but also you know just the economics of it a lot of us are in a precarious position if you add a racial perspective into that as well it means that this can this can be a very very anxiety inducing precarious vulnerable line of work and obviously companies should be aware of that and try to do things to challenge that not only just from you know generosity of human spirit but also it affects the work if you want good work you you want your your company to, to be in a in a good place the most recent show that I did was was at Sheffield theatres and I think they are brilliant at looking after their company um, one of the one of the best I've experienced again this wasn't using the touring rider but a lot of the things that the rider lists were things that they were concerned about and trying to put into place anyway Outside of the fit, so this was in Sheffield, which is my hometown. So I grew up in Sheffield. I lived there until I was 18. First weekend, a lot of us decided to spend some time in the city. And I think there was maybe six of us. And it was like a United Colours of Benetton advertising campaign. We, there, was, there was one member of that six who, who was white, but the rest of us were from all over the place. And we were having a lovely evening. But then there was this racist incident that happened. And you I grew up in that city. I'd I'd experienced that before. But what what that then resulted in was four or five days of a lot of members of that company feeling deeply anxious. Nothing to do with what the theatre was doing. The theatre was great about it. It didn't happen anywhere near the theatre. It was nothing to do with the staff. They were really great making sure we were all feeling good. But, But it affected the work for a few days. And it's trying to challenge that and it's trying to unpick that. It's trying to get everyone to be aware that it benefits everyone if we try and put these things in place before they happen to make sure there is the scaffolding there to support um, performers who might experience racism so some of the things that the, the rider does which I've found particularly useful in the past is giving you information about what various areas of the town or city you're visiting are what are the areas which might face more prejudice than you might do in, in other areas where's where's the closest shop so you don't have to wander around a place that you don't know in the dark trying to find food after your rehearsals have finished at 10pm? You know, it's that kind of stuff, which seems really, really small and simple, but do actually have a really big effect and benefit on the people who, who are working. And I'd also say that another side product or benefit of, of the rider is that it's, it's a conversation. It's the start of a conversation. I think others have already said that. And, for me that is what anti-racist work has to be, it has to be all people approaching this with with generosity and willing to make mistakes and trip up but have a conversation and the riders very very useful in kind of sparking the beginnings of conversations. Also, you know, something for people to fall back on and go, actually, yeah, I haven't thought about that, but now I can see this in the rider. And out of that whole um, period of the pandemic, when I think a lot of people were doing a lot of deep thought, not only about anti-racist work, but also about our industry and how it works and how it can be better. I'm sad to say it, it seems like a lot of that has fallen by the wayside since we've started to come back. What's great about the rider is that it exists. It's a tangible thing that exists that producers, venues, performers can fall back on and say, no. During this period, we had these conversations, and we thought this was a good idea, and you thought this was a good idea. And it's something that we can fall back on, because d- despite all those conversations during the pandemic, you know, we've also, we had this Sewell report come out, we've got Kemi Badenoch announcing her, le- her leadership run in the Tory party, you know, things aren't necessarily always progressing. And so it's really, really useful to have this kind of safety net to fall back on in terms of trying to guide a conversation or, or generate progression in that conversation, I think.
0: Thank you so much for sharing your experience on that, Leo. And I think it's really important to point out how the pandemic gave people... More time to think about what things they wanted to do differently, um, but how actually, as we are getting back to work, it does feel like various ideas have been forgotten or not prioritised. And so it's really great to hear that, you know, the rider being a document, a piece of guidance allows. People to come back and say no; these were the things that we found that that are important and need to be considered.
1: Not Um, just to hold,
4: just sorry, just say not just mm -hmm. to hold other people accountable, but to hold ourselves accountable as well. Because lots of stuff was discussed during the pandemic, too much stuff almost, and we we can't implement it all straight away. Not just on anti-racist stuff, but loads of stuff, but. But it's useful to have this for me to go, actually, no, this is something that I really care about. And this is something that, you know, I will push for when I'm when I'm working um, in various venues.
0: Debo, would you like to add anything?
3: Thank you for sharing, Leo. I mean, made so many like excellent points there and sharing your experience of what happened in Sheffield. Mm-hmm. And you, you said something about around about like success. And I think as producers, at least, we, we often get bogged down with what success means. That often means box office, how we do, and perhaps with reviews. But we often forget that it's also the experience of the company members involved as well, if they come out from a project a production feeling like that was, that was a great process, I feel better, like a better person going into that process than I did coming out, that is a really important marker of success. And what the, the rider can do is provide a framework for that to happen, a, a safer space for artists to be able to really have enjoyable experiences during production, which I think for me is is, is so, so important uh, within, within a process.
0: And Beth, do you have any ideas on that from a venue's perspective?
2: Following on from what um, Leo said about uh, there being quite a lot of what now looks as if it was performative anti-racism intent during the pandemic, uh, which is now kind of going back. I wanted to to just reinforce something that that Debo mentioned, which is that when companies are able or organisations or venues like ours are able to take some of those really practical steps and put them into policies contracts you know the the structures i think that will make that's a really clear commitment for for organisations that they have to then stick to going forward and what i love about the rider is it's either been checked through, or it is. It, it seems really robust from a legal and a practical and a logistical sense, um, so that um, we can all do that and 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 use that as our catalyst for continuing to do that as time goes on and as external influences change as well. Because you know, changes of government, changes of funding, changes of all those things have their own effect. But but if you are saying as we have, that this is now a core part of our policy, then we've got to stick to it. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: And
1: Amanda, can I ask you, what do you think about the social impact of the document? I mean, it's a social historical document. It recognises what people have experienced for years and years and years. It's just not a moment in time, it's not just two years ago. It's, you know, this is the unfortunate lived experience for those of us who have faced racism. And clearly some of those organisations that Debo beautifully named have been leading on the conversation regarding anti-racism work and are tired and need to move on and allow for all of us to be part of that conversation and not just the ones led by those of us who are facing racism. So the document, and, you know, gorgeously put by Beth, you know, is a robust, it's robust because of the detailed insight information and support through all the organizations ecosystem because unfortunately hearsay and hurt isn't enough it never was you know the uh, Incarts went through an extraordinary process of, of sharing and hearing people's voices and experiences and it was a painful conversation we've had many painful conversations that many of us have been part of and said and spoken ourselves but we've now invited others to hear in spaces it's about decision makers as well and Clearly things have moved on and some of us who face racism are now decision makers, alongside our colleagues being hurt. So, you know, we're at a point now of tipping point. I'm not prepared to move back. I know a number of my committee members are not prepared to move back. And we now need organisations, institutions and the country to move with us. You know, because it shouldn't be a them and us. It should be all of us moving to a better day. It's not a bolt on. It's not a kind of, you know, this will do in a bit. It's now and it's people. We have a duty of care to people. And some of us who are facing racism I will not be facing it quietly. And this is the change. that we, Obviously, we have lost many of our members to other organisations, institutions and industries. Because actually, as Leoma mentioned, it's not the best and strongest economic choices. It's not for money we do this work. And so why would you put up with any form of rubbish on top of that, really? I just wanted to kind of respond, really, to to Leo's, you know, beautifully put, lived experience. I myself, many years ago, uh, started in this world as an actor. And there are some areas of this country that still gives me shivers, you know, at that point. I would not want any member of my team to face those things again.
0: And with that in mind, it'd be useful to touch on any obstacles you have found or maybe anticipate, which could mean the rider wouldn't be effective.
1: The committee members saw on a regular basis people, institutions, organisations, trying to disengage any which way they could with the document. Debo's already put one in here, which is extraordinary, which is, it can't be for us, it says touring on it. As soon as anything that puts, that there's nothing to do with their own personal institution or their own, then I, I can't, it's nothing to do with me, this is something that's somebody else's problem because it's frightening. It's about fear. It's about being afraid to make the mistakes, to not be quite right. So also, I, I, you know, on, a, on a, another level, not having been aware and the guilt that's attached to that and people need to move from that place do the work and get on we have no time for pausing and freezing and pretending it never happened in the first place so there's all sorts of reasons why people stop or freeze or don't do the work but none of them are acceptable none of them and i have to say in terms of committee what was i've I've, you know i'm a warrior activist i'm an arts activist i see the patterns so many years it now makes me laugh out loud from a plain place where it started to make it was painful. I'm no longer in a painful place because I see the pattern every day. So then someone says, "Right, well, we'll do that in a bit, and we're too small and da, 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 and I, I don't really think we can, and there's too much to do. I'm like, "Well, mm mm-hmm. let's break it down. A mountain's climbed one step at a time, right? And if you don't start, then what are the consequences here? Who will you be working with?" our nation is no longer the place that you think it is it's not acceptable unless you're just going to no longer receive public funding and if we're saying that only public funding is anti-racist and we are in a really dangerous place so yeah it's just breaking those conversations down and the patterns are there and as soon as they're heard we are ready for them because we're here for supporting the movement not breaking it down and making people feel bad about themselves that's for them to work it out over there with whatever their training they need to do. This is a space for learning and moving forward together.
0: Thank you, Amanda. And Leo, what are your thoughts from a performance perspective?
4: Firstly, just so I think Amanda's absolutely hit the nail on the head by it, it's always fear. that That is always going to be the problem. People afraid of what might result from this. But I think it's about perception. If people see the rider as potentially a limitation or in any way, some form of kind of like, reducing what they're doing as opposed to seeing it what it is it's an absolute gift that a load of people put this time and effort into something that will benefit your organization and i think if as long as people perceive it a starting point and a conversation then it will work fine but there will always be people who operate uh, under fear and that and that probably will be the main obstacle or barrier
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, as you say, that it is an absolute gift, and it's such an enabling document. It should be about people wanting to take it on and learn from it, rather than actually putting the barriers up. Um, Debo.
3: Yeah. Um, firstly, apologies if you can hear a band practicing upstairs. I'm in the basement, and um, he's <laughs> started hitting the keyboard, and yeah, he's really going for it. Um, but to to follow on, I, I would say that, yes, there are a number of excuses that Ben use and and other, others can use to not want to use the rider to, that will prevent it from being the successful document that it really is and will be. I think you really have to trust in the rider that it ha- has gone through rounds and rounds of feedback, vetting and constant evaluation, um, and that it will contribute to making More successful productions. Within the writing of it as well, we're fully aware that not all venues have the same number of resources, um, whether that be uh, time, whether that be actual people working with an organization. So, especially when touring, productions might go to venues where there's one or two members of staff, where they might not really have a dedicated marketing person, uh, where those one or two staff members really do everything. We have taken that within within the writing of the rider. Um, so the way in which it is laid out, it is very simple where there are certain things that the venue commits to doing and then there is best practice. I think where, where venues and touring companies commit to doing something, we really wholeheartedly hope and believe that you should commit to those. But then there are certain other things that are really part of best practice which might not be feasible within certain organizations at certain venues. And it's really kind of take what you're able to do at this particular point in time and know that it's a journey. So by doing one thing now or a few things now, you kind of embed that within within the organization, you get used to that as a process that you always go through, and then you can keep on building on that. So a very practical thing, We've all, I think we've used that word a lot, is that there is just a checklist that you can just use to go through and literally tick things off. And don't we all like ticking things off our our lists? I mean, it it, it really is as simple as that. So I think we are aware that there are certain things that can prevent it. But, you know, through the rounds of feedback, and, and it was written over a long period of time, we have really tried to embrace that and embed that within the rider and we're also really really open to anyone coming back and giving us that feedback so that we can continually evaluate and improve and tweak where we need to.
0: Thank you and the music in the background just makes us remember that we're all working in the arts. So I have a final question but I'm going to invite people to add anything that they may not have said that they want to say before we sort of pull this to a close. Um, after I've asked this question Um, and that's really um, around what the committee, the rider needs from management associations like ITC, trade unions or sector bodies um, in order for this to be successful in work.
4: It's interesting that you mention trade unions and theatre producers because something that I noticed in, in the rider, one of the first things I noticed was there was stuff about digs and staying in digs and giving more information about digs and all of that and that meant there was a conversation going on within the committee and i presume within the committee before i joined it about digs and whether that can continue to work and i note that many months after that trade unions and producers start to have that conversation properly And are having that conversation. It's an ongoing conversation because that system is kind of broken. What I recognize in that is that the committee, whilst doing this work on this rider, had identified something quite a while before the bigger beasts within the industry were willing to start having that conversation. And again, that's a gift. That's something useful. I'm sure they were aware of it at the time, but didn't recognize that that conversation was inevitable in the same way that anti-racist work is inevitable. It's going to have to happen. So, seeing this as as an opportunity to to get your ticket to get on board as early as possible, so so you know, so you're not scrambling around trying to do stuff months after you after you should have done. It.
0: And Beth, as someone who wasn't on the development committee, is there any feedback that you have uh, in terms of working with the rider or any feedback from touring or visiting companies?
2: I would love to see it become a formal part of funders as well so whether they are willing to continue to fund organisations who can't demonstrate that they are implementing this rider or something similar in terms of a process because I think there's got to be more accountability and actually funding bodies can you know whether that's trust and foundations whether it's the arts council that they can really help on that front and I think we've seen a change in programming Perhaps and in terms of you know what we're visibly seeing in terms of public-facing performance, but what goes on behind the scenes, which is what this rider is really helpful at um, helping organisations to implement, is yet to catch up, I think. And so I think if if it could be recognised by funding bodies as as a kind of a, a core part of you know any organisation seeking. Um, public funding should be adhering to the principles of this rider that I think that would really help. I just say from a venue's point of view when we have made you know our initial steps into this work and and into using the the rider feedback from artists and the touring companies who are coming and using our spaces is really welcomed and I think there's there's work that, that venues can do to kind of to be more receptive to feedback, whether it's, you know, good, bad, complicated, big, small, but I can't say whether the work that we're doing is successful. I have to rely on the, um, you know, on, on a Black artist or on New Earth this Company to, to tell me that, that actually the steps that we've taken are beginning to have some positive effect. So uh, feedback is is really important and certainly from my perspective, really welcome. So. Is there anything anyone would like to add that they haven't had the
1: opportunity to say? Yeah, we're at a really you know important point within the rider itself. It's organic; it's a living document. And a year later or so, we're expecting to receive. We have you know partnership with Incarats in terms of the unlock conversation, so that data will be gathered within that document and letting us know the impact at this point of the actual um, rider, which I think is really good is at the end of the day it has to be about uh, the people that it impacts on the, the people that we're trying to support and move forward in a better way so it'd be good to know from there and then of course make adjustment, adjustments because that's what it is to live isn't it life continually adjusting
0: thank you so much for joining us everyone it's been really insightful conversation and i'm sure this has been really useful to any listeners who are new to the rider If you would like to find out more about The Rider, please visit the links in the description. And if you'd like to get in touch with the team behind it, you can email committee at rider.co.uk. So thank you for joining us for this episode of the Independent Theatre Podcast. Please share, rate and review this episode and previous ones. And we will see you for the next episode of the Independent Theatre Podcast.